Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. Truly a big episode in store for you guys as we officially wrap up season one of the show. Once again, thank you for everyone that stick around with the journey. And uh, we're also going to wrap up the NFL season. We got reports from Philly about everything sports that went over the past weekend. We got a returning segment and the coaching higher grades, followed with current QB drama in the NFL, top three NFL storylines to say through the season, and a much-needed NBA tiers list, as well as Christian giving us a proper send-off. So sit back, let's wrap up season one, and enjoy the show. All right, fellas, it's a very exciting evening here. There's a late Thursday night, and this is roughly, roughly the one-year-ish anniversary of when Jalen and I started doing this podcast, because I don't think the date is exactly the same, but the first episode we ever did was talking about the coaching hires and the post-Super Bowl. So, yeah, man, a lot to get to. Christian's got his Philly trip recap, the city of brotherly love and heartbreak. Gonna be good. How are y'all doing tonight? Doing good. Um, like you said, we're on the anniversary-ish episode, so it's going to be good to recap some things about just the NFL season and all these coaching hires, seeing what happened in Philly. It's just a lot going on, as always, in the NBA, and we got a lot here for us today in the end for us today, so yeah. It's um quite, quite just, you know, interesting to sit here not saying we called it, um, but the Chiefs did route oh, the win. We all played it smart. We did not overthink it. We did not bet against Patrick Mahomes. So everyone give yourself a round of applause because house ride. That was a house ride. I was afraid. I was afraid. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to get me. There were some times there, but you know, it was always the Chiefs. <laughs> you got to remember, we had Patrick Mahomes. Like five years from now, people are going to look at back at this like, Dude, Patrick Mahomes was an underdog in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're they're gonna be asking our your grandkids gonna be asking us, did we put money on that? <laughs> we put like, money on Johnny little boy. Oh yeah, I did. Um I lost a lot of money on Patrick Mahomes anytime TV. On that one scramble, I did I did almost lose my mind real quick. Me too on that, but wild. There. Uh, but AJ Brown did score, so we did we did you know, get the money back from it because of AJ Brown. So that was we broke even. Loved it. Um but yeah, it was um weekend of Philly recap. Uh that was uh it was an interesting trip. Um so on the Friday night I hit up the Philadelphia Sixers at Wells Fargo Center. Um so with that it was honestly a very very neat, like, you know, get it through in, in and out, like, around. It was quite clean. Everything was simple. The bathrooms as well. There was a little bit of writing here and there, but overall, clean, <laughs> efficient. Um, one very big obvious complaint I do have, though, with the Wells Fargo Center, which applies both to the Sixers and Flyers, that a beer costs $15. Excuse me. North man. <laughs> Excuse me. Um but so but following the Sixers game, I did put money on Embiid and Harden overs and both of them cashed with literally 
probably a minute left in the game. I was stressing. They were both literally just had to hit a bucket like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, and I was stressing. But to focus more on the Sixers Avenue, I'll give praise. Those those fans are loud. So that's why on my ranking system, they if you follow me on Instagram, C Gonzalez 10 underscore, I have my drive rankings. I have it in, as well my highlights, the Club 152 tour. Um, that is how many teams are in the professional sports. Um, and the Wells Fargo Center for the Philadelphia 76ers came in at number nine. Just because of how loud it, I'm telling you right now, that thing was piercing loud in there. Especially in the fourth quarter, that was awesome. Like, that was just, like, literally, like, my ears. I'm like, holy shit. Like, it is, like, Imagine the kids um, I did get tired of the Eagles chants really quick. Um, <laughs> really, really quick. Um, so, we'll get to that later, though, in the Flyers game. Um, but overall, great atmosphere. Um, fans brought it. Um, they came back, rattled back in the fourth quarter, losing to the Knicks the entire game. Jalen Brunson decided to go off um that was quite funny to see itself um but yeah it was a it was a good good time in the 76ers game um right the Wells Fargo is also right off the metro line that Philadelphia has an orange line so that was good plus itself there moving on to the Flyers so I'm basing it off pretty much all similar to the 76ers the only difference is going to be the fan environment here Funny enough, also it was Marvel night. Um, so I did. I have it in my work office, but they gave out a Marvel comic of Ant Man and the Wasp uh, with gritty on it. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Um, it was. It was That's pretty awesome. Odd. Yeah. Um, and they also have a poster which I kind of like made it all like crinkly, so it's under like one of my heavy duty like totes just to flatten it out. But it's also a poster of all the Flyers players and gritty's like over it, like over it. It's pretty cool. Honestly, so it, that was a nice little addition that they gave out. But fan environment, well, the fans are a little quiet. The fans, like, they just, I don't know. It was, I've been to, every hockey game I've been to has been quite electric. This is probably the least one, just because of how quiet those fans were. Eagles chants were, like, the only loudest thing you could probably hear. You hear every five minutes, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Like, shut up. I heard it for the 10th time in the first period. Like, what are we doing here? And as well as the animatronics, the graphics, everything that keeps the fans engaged between, you know, commercial breaks. That's also something I really do rate. There wasn't much of that during the Flyers game. There was no, there was a lot during the Sixers game. But for some reason, Flyers one just wasn't there. It was just lacking a little bit of taste itself. It didn't help that the Flyers also, it went to OT. This was very promising. It went, this game went to overtime. 1-1. Uh, Flyers gave a goal 10 seconds in to overtime, and game was over. Everyone got up, and it was sick. Awesome. It's rough. So, but like I said, this, the fan environment like really took a hit on its rating here. Um, so the, the Flyers rating for Wells Fargo Center came in at 17. So bottom half, but still right there. But so yeah, it took a, took a quite a hit from that fan environment based on that difference there. Um, so those are the updated rankings. Of course, everything kind of shifts down wherever they're plugged into. Any updated rankings, just check out my Instagram. It has it right there in the highlights forever. Want to look at it. Um, but 
Philadelphia itself, I do love the way they have their arenas. They have um, Citizen Bank, Lincoln Financial, Wells Fargo, all right there in the same parking lot area. Makes it very convenient for all these Philly fans. They also have a bar that's right in front of Citizen Bank. It's called Xfinity Live. That was an awesome place. I went there after the Sixers game. They have a mechanical bull in one area. They had um, I was I was like on a table just losing it. They had like all sorts of music. They went from EDM to rap to pop, all like within a constant circle. Spanish music. It was it was like all sorts, dude. Country too, as well. Like it literally was like on a rotation. It wouldn't stick with one vibe, but it was cool. Like you were just looking at me losing mind. Um. And then they also, in another corner, they had a silent disco. I saw those people just losing their minds. So um, I got three Bud Lights, and it was only for 20 bucks. So I was like, that's sick. Awesome. Like, you don't see that too often. So, and funny enough, uh, anyone that does go to Xfinity Live, they do have metal detectors. Uh, that was the first. I've never seen metal detectors going into a bar. So that was um, quite interesting to see. Uh, makes sense for Philadelphia. Um, the city itself, not my favorite. The city itself, like just, it's just dirty. It's like it's just not, it's just not clean for me. <laughs> it's, not, it's a tad bit. Um, you just get that sense. You just feel filthy when you leave. So <laughs> now moving on to Super Bowl Sunday. I waited outside in a bar for three hours before they opened at three p.m. So I was there at actually it was at four hours. I got there at eleven. Because the lines were out the ass. Uh, just because all the bars, none of them were opening up until probably around 2, 3 p.m. So people are outside waiting in lines for to see the Eagles play. They're just The streets are filled with green. It was awesome to see. Like, these fans are, like, really out. Eagles chant. Got them on their still on itself. Um, but my line for my bar wrapped around a block. So I was literally at the corner of this block. And I was the very last person to get into this bar. I cannot joke you not. The guy with the clicker and my group was like all in front of me. I'm the last person itself. Clicks me and he goes, you're the last one. I went, no way. <laughs> Passing at 225. That was, um, that was interesting. I've never had that happen. I was like, wow, never had that luck go. Bar itself. I got annoyed because there was no seats and my feet were killing me after sitting there for four hours. And now I have to wait another three hours for even kickoff to start. So you can imagine <laughs> at the end of the day, I was like, I want to go home. So that's, that was already at that stage itself. The Eagles fans throughout that game, let's just say they got a little too cocky. Um, the one turning point that I looked to my buddy and said, you guys are losing this game was when when Patrick Mahomes started limping off the field, and these Philadelphia fans said some of the Bulgren stuff I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> um, it was not the kindest of words. Um, a lot of a lot of flipping the birds, uh, saying "screw you," "screw your brothers," "screw your wife." Um, a lot I could go on, um, <laughs> but it, that's when I looked about it. I'm like. Karma's going to bite y'all in the ass. And what happened? That bar was silent. It was. Silent. <laughs> I, and the funny thing is, if anyone that follows me on Snapchat as well, I took a video 
when the Eagles tied the game at 35-35. And I did the classic Aaron Rodgers meme where they're like, oh, you left too much time on the clock. And I took a video. I'm like, you guys left after all too much time on the clock when they were singing the Eagles chant when um Jalen Hurts tied the game. I was like, you guys are getting ahead of yourself. There's five minutes left on the clock. You guys are stupid right now. Patrick, that's what he has to do. Game's over. Um, so immediately people are leaving the bar. Like literally, as soon as the like Jalen Hurt releases that ball, the ball doesn't even hit the ground. Fans are already leaving because they saw the releases again. He slipped. Obviously, he wasn't going to get there. A good two, three minutes pass by. I don't know what bartender, what cook, whoever worked there thought this was a good idea, but. Dreams and nightmares started playing. Um, nice. That, that didn't um that didn't get the piss positive response from the fans. Um, there was awesome. a lot of there was a lot of beers being thrown, a lot of chairs just being flung around. Um, they weren't happy at all. Um, and they were like saying like Turn this off. What are you doing? Turn this off. They start screaming. Dream nightmares going off for good. I would say 40 seconds before it finally got cut off. I was like, it, it didn't get to the hook yet. It, it was still like building up, but I was like, who thought this was a good idea? And then the <laughs> TV still started playing the post-game like, ceremony. Uh, it, it finally got cut off as well. TVs were all turned off. Um, the streets. Uh, wow. It was, uh, that was a murder scene. Like, everyone's head down crying. I saw a dude throw up and cry at the same time. That absolutely killed me. Like, he threw up in the bush and he's, like, just crying. He's like, he's, like, trying to, like, calm himself down. Throws up again. And <laughs> you can see the tears flowing out of his eyes. And then you can tell which Eagles fans are, like, purely police sad and then the ones that are just looking for a reason to fight someone right now. <laughs> like, it was quite a scenery seeing the city act like this. Um, and then my own little personal journey, uh, less, long story short, I got lost. I was stuck in probably downtown Philadelphia for probably until around like 1.30 a.m. I was seeing all the cops come through with their horses, their wraiths, their shields. Long story, like Ubers and Lyfts are not coming. So... <laughs> That was the recap of my adventure there. Um, it was quite a journey. It was awesome. Just helping scenery in Philadelphia. I will be back hopefully in the fall for an Eagles game as well as a Philadelphia Union. Wow. That was, that was a wild story. That is uh, That did not disappoint, I have to say. <laughs> That was yeah. That, that's no. That's one. I was about to say that was a lot. That was awesome, Christian. I got a couple questions for you. Ready? So relating to the seventy sixes, you're saying the fan environment is so crazy. We all know Philly is a rough crowd. Do you now at least have sympathy for Ben Simmons? <laughs> Understanding? Oh, that, that yeah, crowd. yeah. You could. You. I definitely gained a more perspective. Like I. I. <laughs> Like, if those fans, what they were saying a lot about Knicks fans, like, I couldn't imagine what they were saying to Ben Simmons during that time. Like, <laughs> they, especially the kids, dude. The kids was the one thing I noticed very heavily. Like, these kids, like, we all know Philadelphia fans are trash. They're awful people. They're generally, they're these are the worst people. I, they are the worst 
fan base. They're in, in pure character, like like actual humans. They're awful, awful people. The worst people you'll meet on earth. Those kids, you can tell why these people, these kids grow up to be 20, 30 plus year olds that say this stuff. They're like seven year olds that are saying some really there was one that said, Jalen Brunson, I hope you're um no, what, what did he say? It was something like Oh, it was um it was like Jalen Brunson, your mom should have swallowed you. That's what it was. And I looked and like you, you gotta imagine you no, you gotta imagine this kid has like a high pitched voice. But I have to bleep that out. But I have to actually bleep that one out. <laughs> you know, even the person in the background. I was like, oh, there's just no way this little kid just said that, right? Like, and the, and the thing is, is that the mom, the mom was sitting right behind me. They didn't say nothing. Nothing, dude. Like, this is why these Philadelphia fans grow up to be what they are now. <laughs> Jeez, that, that's ruthless, man. That is ruthless, and that's oh, that is like, gee, I, I, I wish I could catch John in a Philly game. Which re- go brings me to my second question: Are you ready for the MLB stadiums to be opened up, Christian? I'm ready. Right, I'm a ready. Months away. All right, now you said you got Pittsburgh on the line. Pittsburgh so, will be the first MLB be, of the season. Beautiful. How about those Phillies? Uh, Phillies, I already did. I already did that. That was honestly one of my first ones I've done. I, I didn't document it by that, but that was like one of the first ones I've I traveled to. That was like the year uh, COVID started like opening back up more. I think it was that summer. Yeah, it was like it was July 4th. I vividly remember it, it, Citizen Bank is third on my list. Like, Citizen Bank is a good environment. Fans weren't as dickheads, they they very clean. So super clean. That like the bathroom is what amazed me the most. It was, and the beer prices too as well. I vividly remember I got a lining kugel for I think ten bucks. I was like, you don't see that anywhere. <laughs> like, so but yeah, Citizen Bank props to that. But PNC, I will be hitting that opening weekend on April six or seven. I have to see what that is. But then Penns is also that weekend. Uh, other, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a Boston trip. To do Fenway, I'm hoping. Not confirm, but hoping. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm hoping to go to. Uh, I think the Rockies got one of these events coming up, and it's. Uh, I think it's not opening weekend, but it's like the second team. It's the Nationals, of course, and but they're giving away a pennant, so oh, because it's Ooh. their 30th anniversary, so they're giving away. Like I said, I could. I, I want to do a Rockies one, so I might do a Colorado trip as well this summer. It was like. Like I said, this is I get to do this type of stuff because I do not go out anymore. <laughs> like I only do like one thing a month, and that's going to like a sports game. So this is why I have this money to do so because I don't do anything else all the other times. <laughs> 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 so I would have been at that Mavs Nuggets game last night oh. if I would have sent it. I was actually like on the verge of sending it. But I didn't do it, first of all, because I'm cheap. It was a, it was a good idea, like, I mean. Paycheck. And uh, second, and I, the re- second reason was it was a huge snow, huge snowstorm that hit us. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm kind of, so hindsight 2020, kind of glad that I didn't buy those tickets because I probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have made it. So you, you got to go at some point this season, though. You got to be like, I saw Jokic in like his third MVP season. Like, you got to go at, like, on the <laughs> Save that topic for later. I wanted to save that juicy bit for Colby later. Oh yeah, we'll get into it all. I was gonna, I was gonna tease him on that. The second no. MVP polls came out for the second time. 
Yeah, but then let's talk. Let's talk uh, when it gets closer to summertime and possibly a Rockies uh, trip and stuff. I would love to do that. Hey, man, I'd be down because I'm trying to figure out their mini plans suck. Some teams got that's the thing, folks. Look at their ticket plans if you're going to go and plan out these games. Look, look for the you, free stuff they give. Yeah, look for the promotional events. And then look if you're going to plan on going back to the park again, look at their ticket plans. Unless their team sucks, like the Rockies. They have like a passport. You got to buy like $500 and then you get to pick your teams. But the games are like $75 or under. But the yeah. games are like Ticket so. 101 from Christian him himself. If it's a good team, buy the tickets probably the day before. If it's a bad team, buy the tickets three hours before the game time. I am telling you right, if there's a bad team, never buy tickets in advance. Always buy those tickets on the day of. They are cheaper the day of. The Flyers tickets that I got, they were originally 90 bucks about probably four weeks ago. The day of that we got it of, we got them for six. Like, <laughs> Interesting. That is, yeah. That is. Right. Oh. Well, one last question. Hold it, Colby. I know you're ready to go into more stuff, but I got one last question. <laughs> this is regarding the Super Bowl. Christian, how were the Philly fans when that holding call was ha- happened? How was the scene? You guys, that, that was like similar to when Dreams and Nightmares got played over through like. Chair, chairs would be like just being flipped on over. They couldn't flip the tables because the tables were like literally bolted to the ground itself. Beers were like getting thrown. Uh, one of the beers actually hit one of the TVs and one the bouncer kicked the guy out actually. Funny enough, they kicked him out. They were like, nope, buddy, you are out. You can't do that. Pissed already out of his mind. So it kind of didn't really bother him just because he was already at like above like pissed off level. Um, it was pissed drunk too as well. Those guys, like it, they, they were they were trying to make the argument of like the non-holding call itself. A couple of them did start getting quiet when they showed that vertical angle. You can clearly see the jersey being pulled. The smart Eagles fans were like, "Why did you do that?" Like, but the other ones were like, "Dude, it's like you know that's not even pulled itself." It was like, and they were like. It wasn't like a normal, but like, oh, you can't make that call right there. It was more of like a strict, like, bro, his jersey's not being pulled. Dude. Like, if you literally see the angle, it's literally like, it's being pulled. Like, you can't just like ignore the fact. Just make an argument. You can't make a call there in that moment, but you can't just ignore the facts that that's happening itself. But it was not a good scene at all. Um, and also, side note as well, those Philly fans. If you're in a bar in Philadelphia and you see a crowded and you need to go to the bathroom, don't do it. Those fans are awful. They're like, they won't move. Like you sit, like you try to get to the bathroom line, and you're like, excuse me. And they're like, oh, are you excused? I had that happen to me. No, no. No, no, the chick. That's the worst. Like, I, you just had like a stare down afterwards. Like, are you serious? No, that's I, I looked at like, like, are you serious? Or like, you're literally in the way. Like, you're the only person here that can move. There's a table, you. Can you literally just move to the side? And literally, I was like, all right, screw this. I went another avenue itself. I had to take a whole detour. So just quick <laughs> sign up. Don't use the bathroom in Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Whoa, whoa, Colby, Colby. <laughs> Your turn. Right. Now you can go ahead. We need a smoother transition than that. Come on. No, yeah, it's, that's uh, – <laughs> we got to – Okay. 
So yes, well, this was going to be my transition, actually, because I was going to say, speaking of Philadelphia, uh, both of the Eagles coordinators in the days <laughs> following get uh, the final two head coaching jobs in uh, Indianapolis and Arizona. I don't think anyone really wanted the Arizona job too much. Uh, it doesn't seem like. So yes, we have the five, all five coaching vacancies now filled. Um, we're going to do great. I guess we could do rankings also, if y'all would rather do rankings instead of grades. But I feel like the rankings are all going to be pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. Because I mean, so I'll say, let's start with the grades, and then I think feel like the grades will show the rankings, you know, throughout. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll, let's just start with the three that we, uh, we've talked about already on the show, because they've happened – in the past already, but I guess let's just start with the big one, Sean Payton, to Denver. The big uh, whatever ridiculous amount of money they gave him to come coach the Broncos and a first-round pick. Um, I guess, I mean, I'll give that an A, just because it's Sean Payton, and he was like an all-time great coach. Not all-time, but like one of the best coaches in the NFL for a decade, like over a decade. He's a great coach. Um, I won't give them A plus just because they did have to give up a lot and pay them a lot. But I mean, yeah, that's the best thing that could have happened to the Broncos realistically for their coach. Um, I would probably give it an A minus, just because I just can't see Sean and Russ work. I mean, and it's I give it an A minus because it's the best case scenario that the Broncos could have done with their situation they had. But I just don't see it working out with Russ. Sean will outlive, outlive Russ. If like Russ doesn't work out, they're going to get rid of Russ rather than get rid of Sean. Russ, buddy, you got one year to prove it. I think if you don't do anything this year, see ya, buddy. And uh, incoming the next QB class of next year, whoever kicking on over, because Russ, dude, like. You gotta, you gotta turn it up, dude. If you, if you have Sean Payton, you're like, you. There should be no excuse. You have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton as well. Like, dude, you gotta do something, bro. We'll see how it is. I give it an A minus. All right, so I'm giving it a B plus, and just because I think that I think just giving up another round of picks. For Sean Payton, yeah, he's going to stick around, but, dude, the toll that he's working with, there's so much work that he has to do with this team to get them back together. I know, folks. I've worked with this team on Madden's franchise mode, and, boy, is it rough to work with Russell Wilson to the point where I gave up within six weeks with Russell Wilson in the second season. So I'm saying Sean Payton will definitely have a lot more patience than I will and probably have – Less options though. Yeah, it's also not a <laughs> so you probably won't be able to work with a fifth round quarterback like I can and with a remote controller. But I will be saying this there's a lot of still off great talent on the offense. There's a lot of things they gotta fix though. Sean Payton's a great guy, but it's a tough gig. So I, I that's the only right reason why I, I have to give it a B plus because I really wish it was one of their defensive coordinators. Like I really wish it was Evero that took that spot or D'Amico Ryans, which we'll talk about later. All right. Now I like that. Um, all right. So the actual first guy who was hired, so we're all in agreement to an extent, I guess Jalen's a little more pessimistic and like realistically, we're, you don't know, like there's some real obstacles there. 
So that is a fair point. Yeah. Um, so the next one we'll say Frank Reich, hired by the Panthers. Um, I mean, I like this hire. I'll give it a B plus. I almost gave it a minus, but I mean, he wasn't perfect as the coach of the Colts, even though I do feel like he totally got a raw deal. I've always been a Frank Reich guy. Like, I think he's a good coach and a different quarterback every year. He kind of had a crazy owner. Um, and like you saw what happened when they replaced him with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's a very good hire for the Panthers, especially in the most wide open division in football, smart offensive coach. I like Frank Reich a lot. I, I thought that was a really good hire. Um, I'll give it, I'll give it a B minus. Cause, and, and honestly, what has Frank done? Like, what? Like, uh, goes to Philip Rivers. Yeah. And what else? He's had them viable Nothing. every year up until this last year. Yeah. He had to work with Carson Wentz, if you want to give him that credit, that he had to deal with him. Like, he's the QB whisperer, but I, I don't really see too much uh, whispering if these guys, like, are you're nearing the age as the hearing starts going away. Um, I don't know. It's just a, It just seems plain, normal. I thought Steve Wilkes should have got the job here. Uh, That's true. Yeah, it's just like it's just like nothing like flavorful for me. I would say here, uh, we'll see how they what they go do. I mean, because Matt Corral is there, and maybe some spark happens there. We'll see. But I don't know. B minus. I'm gonna be right with you a little bit there, Chris. I'm going with a C plus. Um, I think this just had no splash and I was sitting in the B area until you said that, like, you know, this was a pretty safe move. It didn't have anyone that we wanted, not any of my candidates wanted to land there. Anyways, I was surprised when they got Frank Reich. I was like, Oh, uh, okay. That's, that's all right. You know, that's, you know, you're really hitting par there, but you know, really that's about it. So I'm going to go ahead. I, I'm going to stick with a C plus also just because he's an offensive guy. You know, you're in the NFC South and right now we got to see what your options going to, what your decision is going to be with the quarterbacks. And uh, you had some questionable decisions before when it came to quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting. I'm going to give it a C plus. All right. That's fair. Y'all make some good points. I do think Steve Wilkes should have gotten the job, but like, this was probably my favorite hire for them. If they, I like Frank Reich a lot more than y'all, but you make some very good points there. Okay. So yes. Then the other guy who was already hired, D'Amico Ryans. I know we talked about this to Houston, former player for the Texans, smart, great defensive coordinator for the Niners. Everyone raves about. Um, I mean, I thought, I think that's an A minus for the Texans just because they're the Texans and considering, and I'm normally an offensive coach guy. I'm normally a big believer in you should go with an offensive coach, especially since they're about to draft a quarterback. But because of just how much of a dumpster fire that organization is, like the fact that he's a former player and he's smart, young, up-and-coming coach, like the players are going to love him. I think he can at least – he can actually change the culture there. They're still going to be bad, but like he can definitely get the culture changed there. So for that reason, I think that's about as good of a hire as the Texans could have had. I have to agree with you, Colby, but I'll give it an honestly, I'll give it an A plus. I I love it. I absolutely love it. Former player. He he he's a he's gonna be a people's coach. He's gonna get that sent to the locker room. He's young, young minded, great defensive minded. Oh my god, dude. Just, just the defensive set plans that he had the entire season with the Niners, even with you know Philadelphia running it up that entire second half, 
just because I mean they couldn't do anything in party. They were already defeated in my set. They kept them in the game. Like it's, it's insane. Um, so like props to D'Amico, like he's awesome. I've only heard good things about him on interviews. Um, I've heard like regarding him. Um, so I love it. And I think Texans are in a prime spot to set off a mark. Like it will be a good starting point for D'Amico to draft a QB, depending who it is. Um, I have a feeling it'll probably be Bryce Young. I just have a gut feeling. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. Good for the Texans. I'm right there with you, Christian. I'm going with an A plus. Uh, I I like I like the player hire. He used to play, like you said. I like the fact that when he came in, you can just feel like just I, I don't know. I just felt like he's already bringing a good presence and good vibes there to the organization. Like he's really trying to set the tone and trying to you know pretty much scrub off everything that we've known for the Texans through these last couple of seasons and uh, what they've been through. So. We just have to pretty much sit here and uh, hope that the press goes through because it is the AFC South. You got Trevor Lawrence there, so anything can happen. But at the same time, you gotta have the you gotta make. I think you're gonna have a good defensive mind to challenge that. So that's why I'm going with an A plus. I really think this is good. Like Christian said, a good franchise, you know, guy that can change the change the organization, especially the locker room. And side note, if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, D'Amico did a live Key and Peele skit. Um, he, <laughs> he did pretty much what um, the Key and Peele skit did when um, President Obama is uh, shaking everyone's hands and then dapping up <laughs> everyone else. Uh, it, was, it was it was hilarious. Like, you could literally see D'Amico literally like dapping everyone up. You see the white guy, he's like, hey, how you doing, sir? <laughs> It was awesome. Shout out, shout out to me. Like I said, like you said, like we, I like the take, Christian. He's changing, you know. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, he's going to be changing. It's a changer, game changer over there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So now on to the two hires that we have not discussed yet, both Eagle coordinators uh, getting plucked. First one, Shane Steichen to the Colts, Eagles OC. I don't know. I was kind of like, I kind of, I get it. I was kind of surprised this was the direction the Colts went. I guess I didn't really have too good of a feel for what they were going to do. Um, you know, I like that he's an offensive coach. He helped with Hertz's development for sure. Um, so I think that's good. But I don't know. I don't like it as much as these other three big hires, obviously. Um, so I'll give it a C plus. I think I still think it's solid hire, but I don't know. Like like y'all said, not like a big splashy one or anything. I give it a B. It's plain, simple, safe. But it could be upgraded to a B plus if they draft CJ Stroud. If they trade up their picks to go to number one and they get CJ. Because the system that um he ran in Philadelphia obviously was very beneficial for Jalen Hurts. I think CJ Stroud can be compared to Jalen just because of the size and type of plays. I could see it. I could see it work, honestly, with this Colts team. Um, but if um, anyone hasn't listened to Shaq Leonard's interview on the Pat McAfee show on Friday this past week, I highly recommend just taking a quick um, listen to it. It's about five, six minutes itself. But Shaq describes Jeff um, Saturday. He 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 loved Jeff Saturday. 
he you said Jeff Saturday was pretty much like he came in, set expectations, and didn't fall away from that. And that's what made Jeff really great in that locker room. He was just handed a bad belt of arms with the roster they had. They were depleted itself. They were already pretty much missing out on playoffs. Uh, but he kept talking and praising Jeff's just like mindset about things of like holding people accountable, making sure like, hey, we're going to go in with this mentality. We're not going to stray away. We're going to be himself. Um, and it really kind of like changed me a little, just a little on Jeff. I mean, I mean, obviously he didn't end up with a good record. So, um, but Shaq was kind of praising for Jeff to probably have one more season just to get a go at it. Um, so, it was it was quite interesting to see that, but with the current situation itself, let's see how the Colts do. They kind of just been there. They haven't done anything, so yeah, that's why I give it a B. That looks like I'm gonna hit the middle ground between y'all. I'm gonna be a B minus. I like the hire. I I I really do. But the Colts is another team that's in a rough situation. A lot of question marks. A lot. They're very depleted, like you said. Uh, Christian, you even just, I like that you just mentioned that Shaq Leonard gave Jeff Saturday the hype because Jeff Saturday was a potential candidate for the longest period of time for the job. And then it was like, it was still rumored that he was still going to be in the house. So then, you know, that's pretty dope to hear. Um, but back to Shane, though, I really think that Shane, he's what he was the play caller that Philly called in to help them out. So that's why I think it's a B. I think it's a little bit deserving more of a C, more than a C. And honestly, depending on how they do in the draft, maybe come uh, come regular season, I might have this have this grade a little higher. So I'm right there with you, Christian. But I just have my doubts a little more reserved, just because it is the Colts, and we were just talking about D'Amico Ryan's, and he's also in that AFC South, and I think he's gonna it's gonna give him a little bit of trouble as well as Trevor Lawrence. All right. No, I like that. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to get the opportunity to pick a quarterback or at least be in the room when someone else picks the quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jim could, Jim slowly is turning into Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Except like even more, way more erratic than Jerry Jones. <laughs> just, the, just the hippie version of Jerry Jones right now. <laughs> no, more like the WWE version of Jerry Jones. <laughs> it's also pretty good. That's funny. Oh, all right. And then the last one that just happened the other day, Jonathan Gannon, DC from the Eagles to the Cardinals. I mean, that one surprised me. I don't seem to think anyone really wanted the Cardinals job that much. Like I said before, I'd have much rather had Flores. He ends up taking the DC job in Minnesota, which I love for the Vikings. Um, yeah, man. Like I'm not, I, it's kind of bad because I can't like say who I would have fired. I mean, everyone says be me, like maybe him, but I mean, who knows? Kafka from the Giants, maybe I'd have rather had. I don't like this hire at all, really. So I give it a D. So I don't, I don't buy it at all, not one bit. I'm on the same way with Kobe. I give it a D. I, I don't like it at all. Um, Gannon, like, um, did anyone watch the Super Bowl? Um, did they like? Are we? Are we just forgetting? Like the dude, like, kind of collapsed his game plan in that, like, second half. Um, Chiefs scored on back-to-back touchdown drives, the same exact play, just reversed on it. Uh, so, uh, I don't like it. I mean, it gives me corny vibes, too. If I did see a video where he saw Kyler, I don't know, it gives me that little corny vibes from him. And speaking about the Cardinals job, Corey, you kind of lose to earlier. 
I don't think anyone actually wanted it. Everyone's very worried about that Kyler situation, I think. Uh, and I, I mean, I would too. If you, I think I mentioned on the show, if you've seen HBO's like Hard Knocks, Kyler's not a, le- a leader. He is not a leader at all. He does not give that sense. Um, he just kind of, you got to watch it. I, like, I don't know how to describe it, but you just got to watch it. He just, it just feels off of him. Like if my QB kind of like doesn't give that sense, like I, I I don't know what to do with your team. Um, and I don't know who would take that job to even good with it. It's just kind of uh, the. All right. So if we're talking about teams that have a road up a, that has the longest uphill battle, it's going to probably have to be the cards in this Kyler situation, probably. Besides the Broncos, obviously. I hate the whole no picks for two years still. That situation disgusts me. But one more year, I think. I think after this year, they get their picks back. I think like didn't they, they give the they had to give the Saints something, Golby? Yeah, they had they to give the Saints a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, it's a first round pick. Yeah, that they got from uh, Miami. Oh, from Chubb. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colby's right. It's, it's the Bradley. Yeah, year. and then I think they just have to give it next year. And yeah, then... Colby's right. Yep. Well, still. still. Tough spot. You're right, Colby. It's a tough spot. You're right. Um, and for this Cardinal situation, when I think about the Kyra thing, I think it's a good thing they went defensive. Honestly, if you don't, it might be one of those situations where, hey, we just got another guy in the building and the rest of the team rallies behind this coach. But obviously, it's just not meshing with the quarterback. Maybe by then, they'll probably draw their line on Kyler and then they'll let this defensive guy take control. I mean, it's not the fun and, you know, popular pick of picking an offensive guy. And we're trying to rework this quarterback. But if you get a defensive guy and then he just, you know, rebuilds that defense. I know Buda Baker has been upset. He probably wants out. But you can try your best to revamp that defense and all those young, all the young defensive pieces and uh, see what you can do there. Yeah, he hasn't had the best performance lately. And he had the benefit of playing in the NFC. But you got hired in the NFC again. So that's where I, I'm pretty much standing. I, it's not the most spectacular. It's the lowest one I, on my board as well. It's a C minus, and it's only because I, I honestly I just think of the Kyler situation. I think it's a good thing they got a defensive guy, so that way he doesn't have to put up with the BS as much. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah, that's true. That is good. Oh, yeah, I don't know Arizona. That is a rough spot, man. I don't. They do have the third pick in the draft. That's the. About the only bright spot that they got going on right there. Yeah, they do. They do have a third pick. Oh, they are, and they're not. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. So they'll probably. And the good thing, like you said, the best part about that is like they could trade out maybe if someone wants to go up to get one of the quarterbacks if they go one two or something. But also like there's two like stud players. There's only two like I feel like basically surefire players in this draft that are both on defense, and you can get one of them. Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are both dogs. So, like, I would just stay there and get one of them. So, you at least have a promising defensive piece. Hey, you got a defensive coordinator who's just been working with guys like Jordan Davis, you know, and Fletcher Cox and Hassan Reddick. I mean, yeah, they didn't come up big in the Super Bowl, but they still shut down. Ooh, don't look at the playoffs because it's the (laughs) NFC play. Don't look at the playoffs, folks. But still, it's an accomplishment because it was – you know, I can't believe they said that they were com- almost going to beat the Bears. That's crazy. 
but it's under his belt. He did. He was a defensive coordinator of that historic defense of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm throwing those air quotes up for people that uh, don't see him. Yeah. So, yeah. I honestly find it so funny. Like, whoa, did y'all win? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it took the Bears a mediocre quarterback for once to win their Super Bowls in an amazing defense. <laughs> That's their recipe. That's the only way. But it might be broken this offseason. We'll talk about that later. Um, Cole, what do you got next for us? Um, well, I was going to say, at first I thought maybe do Derek Carr because he got released. But I, the more I thought about it, we already did kind of do that last time we were on here. Um, There's some usually drama. Thanks. Uh, I was about to say, Christian, what are your thoughts on Carr? Dude, I, I've been calling from the start, man. He's going to New Orleans. He, like in the black to black, you're like the union with Dennis Allen. <laughs> he's gonna, oh, guys, it's gonna be such an ugly combo. Oh my god, I can see it on Thursday night football against the Bucks. Oh god, just grinds my gears. But I it's do. gonna happen. Do you think he's gonna make a move before Aaron Rodgers? Oh yeah, I, yeah, oh, for sure. Because because they cut him, I saw like he doesn't even have to wait for regular free yeah. agents. Sorry, he can sign now. It's tomorrow if he wants. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I I I personally I really love the move that Derek did. He said I'm not going I'm not giving y'all any benefit out yeah. of doubt from trading away because they did him dirty. Yeah. So he's like screw y'all, uh, release me. And then yeah. so, sure he'll take a pay cut. Takes a good you know character to be like you know I'm gonna have to take a pay cut to do this. But Derek Carr, you've given up everything you had to that team and they just tossed you to the side. Good for you, buddy. Jalen, where would you go if you were Carr? You know, Frank Reich has a very, very odd, odd, like, oh, thing that no. are in quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, Frank Reich. It, you, we've said all this time that uh, the NFC South isn't the most prettiest. Carolina does wear black uniforms. I do agree that probably New Orleans makes sense. And the only reason why I said, what do you have to wait for Rodgers is because it does make a little bit of sense for him to also tail, tail his way to the New York Jets. So, I don't know. The, he, he, but if he's the first domino to go down and be like, all right, he's going to probably go and try and run the business, run the show over at the NFC South, which everyone's pretty much predicting right now that he'll go probably mostly New Orleans or here comes some uh, more QB drama that because we haven't heard anything about. And Christian, you're right back on here. Um, uh, we'll probably have you on, but we'll have you back when they sign you, when they, when they officially sign them. Lamar Jackson, Christian. If you mean, if they officially sign him to a friend, the news is getting worse week by week. Every time you come on here, news is getting worse. And I just, no, it's, I it's, it's the, no, 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 I don't, I don't, I, no, don't listen to what's his name. Jason LaCortia. These, these same, it's the same guys. It's the same guys. Sources. One of them got called out by Lamar at the beginning of the season when they asked him. Uh, he he told him, "I heard a source like that. You, know, you don't like to work out." And Lamar's like, "Where'd you hear that from?" He's like, "Sources." And Lamar's like, "Okay." Uh, so that guy's already out. So the other guys, like I said, I mentioned last week. Literally, they just put out the same information, and it's like there's no new information coming out of it. And then our own our, our own reporter, I think. Um, Name is what's his name? Oh god, I forgot his name, but he's awesome. He works at the athletic. He has to slam dunk on them every single time. Um, there was reports coming out about the uh Lamar wasn't involved about the OC hiring itself, and then 
Jeff, Jeff, that's what his name. Jeff comes down and goes, Lamar had multiple opportunities to be very involved with these conversations and just literally like just set it out, set it under the three, and then went on with his day. Do, do I'm telling you, I do stop listening to the goddamn media with this stuff. It's really annoying. Like it, it's it's plain and simple. Like we're gonna franchise tag him most likely. So play mm-hmm. on that. Simple as that. And remember, we were first talking about this. You wasn't going. You weren't going to be happy though with a franchise tag, right? Well, I'm not going to be happy with it, but it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna have to come down to itself as long as he's here. And like I said, I'm not worried about it because I know it's going to happen. It's just going to keep. It's just annoying that it keeps dragging out to this extent. Yeah, if they tag him, yeah. it's more the same thing too. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's if, he, if they tag him, it's a whole another year. Of this. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just it's just like. Like I said, I'm not worried. It's just I'm getting annoyed because of how the media is driving this. And the media, as we can all tell with all sorts of stories, can drive it up like a snowstorm. Um, but a little bit about the OC, though, hiring. Yeah, that was, that's I like where, it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, oh! The, uh, Colby, Colby, shut up. No, Colby. I was just going to say. Mr. Red has a problem. What do you guys say? I was just going to say that I all I was gonna say is, I was just gonna say, you know who else uh, came from college football <laughs> before he got his job? Matt Canada. Okay, Matt Canada is a different being, all right. Uh, Matt Canada is not a national championship, okay. So I don't want to hear that. Okay. Um, Matt, Matt Canada didn't take a walk on and make him become possibly droppable. Possibly. Okay, well, I wouldn't give him all the credit for that. It probably helped that he had all those amazing players around him at every other position. <laughs> um, but I like the scheme. I mean, it, it does still rely on the tight ends, but it does have a more balanced attack with the wide receivers. Um, and the run game is more uh, single back. Hopefully, hopefully, like, we don't have Patrick Ricard on slants routes anymore. Like, we don't need a 300-pound man running slants. Right, that's all I ask for. Please, like, get that out of our goddamn playbook. Have them blocking. Um, but the tight end should still feast on this. Um, it's still Lamar's benefit. I mean, the man can make Stenson look like a freaking Heisman candidate. Well, MVP Lamar's back. I was gonna say, uh, didn't Lamar have uh say in the hire? Yeah, that was one. Was that one of the rumors? Yeah, no, yeah, that's what, and that's what one of the reporters tried to make out that he didn't, and. That got shut down. So, and it's like these media media's driving up things, and uh, and the thing is that Lamar like knows, like Lamar's a troll. Like like it's been kind of known for that year. Lamar kind of likes stirring up stuff as well too. Like he'll just like stuff at random, and I think it was the beginning of the season or somewhere where he'd like say he's like yeah, but it's kind of like. <laughs> messing things up herself and like because he knows the media eats up stuff and he's like yeah I know the media will just kind of drive itself with that so hey, it drives yeah. me crazy I eat it up I, I, I eat it up like I eat it up I love taking all the Lamar Jackson action it's just, it's fun to watch because I follow him on Instagram it doesn't even have like a picture half the time it's just no. like the basic photo you know that no. of the default so no. it's always an in interesting his- man to follow yep. He'll post on his story like it's only either a black screen with some Kodak song, or it's randomly here and there just him in a Ravens jersey or him wearing purple, and then people like lose their mind. And like, like the smallest, yeah, and the smallest thing like he could probably post a. I think he actually did this. He he put a black screen and posted um, 
he posted I think a Kodak lyric and then everyone was like oh my god I'm like he's leaving Baltimore and all this <laughs> I was like what like the dude just like, posted a lyric he said wait what hey that's what that's that's why I have we have that's why Derek Carr I am asking will he wait because Aaron Rodgers only in the darkness for what it was it's four days and he said two days he's gonna wait to come back and then he's gonna talk to the you Packers. Guys, you guys, so we you guys have to you guys please like listen to the Pat McAfee interview this week on it. Like that, they, 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 they they talk more in depth about it, but like this man is literally like and like he's 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 playing along with the joke too, like you know, like he's gonna be darkest. It does kind of sound crazy. Like he kind of plays into it. Like they were asking, like, yeah, dude, how do you, how do you, how do you piss? Like, how do you take a shit? Like, I, like he's like, yeah, man, you just put, you just put your hands around, like, you know, the toy seat, you rub, and like, you just kind of keep going until it starts bleeding. And like, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! He said, "I'll hit." The, he said, "I'm gonna hit something in the bathroom right away," and on instinct, just turn on the lights and just and just walk out because I failed the mission. I failed the trip. Um, and he, he calls out, and like Aaron Rodgers is another one with the media. He knows that like, they like driving stuff up. He calls out Scheffner or uh, Rappaport. Okay, I. Well, I will say it's different than Lamar Jackson, though. Aaron Rodgers also creates a lot of his own drama just to amuse himself. Like, I don't think that's the same as Lamar's situation. Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more of a diva, I would say. No disrespect. Who's going to figure out their QB situation first, Lamar or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron. Yeah, well, because all Aaron Rodgers, like, he's just like Aaron Rodgers. What if he says no? Then he's in the free agent market, and we're waiting for him to be traded for like the whole next two months. I think they'll find it if he wants to be traded. They'll someone will trade for him fast because they're going to want to do it before the draft. If he's not Jets, traded, yeah. he's not traded before the draft. Like I don't think he's going anywhere. Yes, the so, Jets are already uh, apparently in. Like they've reached out to Green Bay about. I was I was just going to say before Jalen, like if I was a team like the Jets, or definitely obviously the NFC South teams, like. I would rather. I mean, obviously Rogers is better. But, I mean, Carr he won't be as expensive. You don't have to give up anything. You just sign him. Like so, Carr Carr is the only. He's the and Rogers. Who knows if they'll even trade him? So like and Lamar, whatever. Like Carr is the only sure thing on the market. So that man, he's gonna get a, some good money because he's gonna have a lot of suitors. Realistic, at least like three or four, maybe five suitors. Who knows? Him and Jimmy. He's better than Jimmy. I think yeah, completely forgot. You think he's Jimmy. better than Jimmy? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I, I don't know about that. I think he's much. I would take card. I think. I think. I think Jimmy's better than. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not true. I would. Dude, Jimmy's yeah. a winner. Jimmy's a winner. Jimmy was on a super team. Derek Carr has never had a defense in. A, he's been in the league almost what almost a decade. A decade, I think. He's never had a defense that ranked above twentieth in the league. In a decade, like that's incredible. Like the, this man is playing for the most dumpster fire organization, and Jimmy G was on the Niners with Shanahan. Come on now, I I take Derek Carr every day of the week, three times on Sunday. No question. Hey, if uh, the championship offensive coordinator slash now head coach Josh McDaniel said Derek Carr is not the answer, then we have to believe Josh McDaniels in his resume. Okay, he's he's worked with Tom Brady for so long that he knows what's a good quarterback, Colby. Yeah, you know I mean, he also picked Tim Tebow in the first round. 
And Tebow did what to your Pittsburgh oh, Steelers? Oh, yeah, he got... <laughs> Tebow did what? Miracle. That doesn't make mean he wasn't an absolute bust. He wasn't an absolute bust. So wait, but if, we're, if we're going off that logic, though, Josh McDaniels did technically have Jimmy under him at some point. So if he does sign Jimmy to Vegas, that hypothetically means Jimmy is better than Derek because he picked Jimmy. Well, not until we see what happens when Derek Carr goes to his new team and Jimmy G sucks. <laughs> and he goes to like, yeah, no, you get. You were just saying now, Colby. You were just saying how Derek Carr never had a tw- like a defense higher than twentieth. Yeah. So you're telling me he's going to go back to one of the coaches that never produced the twentieth ranked higher defense? He's going <laughs> to go to one of the. He's going to go back to. He's going to go to one of those coaches. You just tell say him? that. That's what that's that's that that's New Orleans. I'm not. I didn't say he's going to New Orleans. Where do you think? Oh, so you think I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I would go with Carolina if I was him. I'm with you on that. I I think that's the best fit. They have a they have not a bad defense. Like they have some real real players in their defensive front. Like they have a better defense than the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Their defense is nice. I've been saying it all season. Um. But yeah, uh, that's that's the Derek Carr drama, guys. See, see, that's how you spin it, Colby. There's there's more to talk about than just Derek Carr. It's oh, a bunch yeah. of other side cases. I completely forgot about Jimmy G. That was a good good little good little side note there, Christian. I completely yeah, forgot. He'll get a job for sure. Jimmy G will, but I think Carr will get his first. What about Love then? If Jordan Love is going to be, do you guys think Jordan Love is going to be sticking around for another season? Yeah, I mean, I don't think like anyone else wants him. Except Ooh. for the Packers, unless he plays. I don't think. I don't think I'm from having seen him play like three games in three years, and not. I would, say, I would say Jordan Love has that one year. If this is it for Rodgers, I think Jordan Love just has one year. I, I mean, he, Jordan Love like could be good, maybe. I don't know. Because because the thing is, is that they also I think they have to pick up his fifth year option before the beginning of the season, right? Like. The, that's extra money. Do you not pick that up and just let him like ride on it, or like, who knows? Yeah. Hey, and Colby, you know that. Talk, you know what that uh three years and three put three games talk sounds like. One of your favorite quarterbacks, Trey Lance. You know that that's a whole other. Oh, that's a cute oh, thing that we get to talk about off season. We'll be oh, don't worry, we'll be talking about Trey Lance. I'm just telling. I'm I don't necessarily even know if Trey Lance will be good or not. I'm just telling you. Like you're crazy if you don't think he's gonna get a shot like against Brock. Like it should be an open competition. Like Brock proved himself. He should have to Brock should go in as the starter to camp. But like he's gonna be hurt also. So like in the same spot as Jordan Love now, though. Now he's gonna if you if you think about it, if Brock is coming in with the start once he gets healthy, he, do you think he's gonna try and test the market soon? Uh, yeah, I think if they decide to go with Brock, they'll trade Lance. Like, because they could still get something for him. Obviously, nowhere close to what they used to get him, but like, they could still get like a draft pick for him. Someone would take a chance. Look at some of the quarterbacks. Andy Dalton just started for like almost a whole season. bring up that misery that we just went through this season. So we had we had oh, what's his name in Tennessee? Uh, Josh Jobs playing yeah, it around. Yeah, like, yeah, come on now. <laughs> like, someone will take a chance on Trey Lance, even though he's only played three games. Maybe Jordan Love, I don't know. I mean, Jordan Love wasn't as highly touted of a prospect as well. There's another reason. But, yeah, okay. Anyways. <laughs> All right. So, Colby, 
what do you think we got next? Well, I was going to say, I don't know if you still want to hit the storylines and then just do the tiers. And that's probably all we got uh, time for. Yep. I was about to say, I think that's all the time we got. All right. Just do what, like Christian? This is a little impromptu. So I hope you can, uh, we'll let you go last so you can get some time to think about it. We're going to do five storylines that you can tell throughout the NFL season, including the playoffs and regular season. What are five things that you have that you can yeah, you have to say about this NFL season that just happened? As we wrap up, what was a pretty awesome season, if you, in my opinion, we had a lot of uh, amazing back and forth comeback games. So, five storylines, Christian. We'll give you some time to think about them. Okay. Should we do three since there's three of us? All right, three storylines. Three. <laughs> three. That's a lot. Three. Yeah, five is a lot. Three storylines. Three storylines. Quick edit. All right. So, one of my three storylines has to be has to be the new head coaches that came in, especially in the NFC. We're going to look at Brian Dayball and and Kevin O'Connell. Those two guys came in. They opened up the wild card round themselves. They gave us a great game in the regular season. And both teams played to their – literally, they both played the same way throughout the entire season. Like Kevin O'Connell's Vikings, those games were literally a roller coaster ride all the way to the end. Brian Dable's Giants this year, you knew they were going to play gritty all the way to the end. And then in the fourth quarter, they'll just keep playing gritty and they'll win the football game. So my story is you have to give a head to the new head coach. Got to tip the hat to them, uh, Brian Dable and Kevin O'Connell, who is my runner-up coach of the year. But I'm still giving it to Dable. All right, um, I have a couple. I have a couple options here. I'll go for my first one. I mean, I'll go with an obvious one. I'll go Geno Smith and the resurrection in Seattle. Them, I thought that I said in all of lead-up stuff, I thought they were going to be the worst team in the league and have the number one pick. Instead, they had a home run, incredible draft, and made the playoffs with Geno Smith making the Pro Bowl, like actually getting voted as a Pro Bowler too. He wasn't even an alternate, so like that's an unbelievable storyline that he went from a career backup who's never really done anything to just playing like a Pro Bowler on a team that was supposed to be rebuilding. I'll go with one that isn't talked about: Malik Willis, hero to villain. Um, just like. In the beginning of the season, we had to remember, like, during the NFL draft, he was getting mocked to Pittsburgh with the first overall pick. Fell to round three, and Tennessee had to put him in once Ryan Tannehill went down, and the man had probably, what, 20 throws? <laughs> they, they did not let that man throw that ball. And it's quite apparent that Malik Willis is not him. Uh, we can say that. So <laughs> he he's really not going to be well put into this <laughs> NFL team, uh, NFL league. He might not even be a backup as how much this guy stinks. Um, so I think that's just, I think it's, it's a tall, small tab storyline. I think isn't spoken about much. That's true. Going into that draft, even Colby wanted him on his Steelers, man. Okay. That's, that's partially true. That's not completely true. I, cause if you remember through Play the tape back. Well, yeah, you remember from draft night, yes. I did. That's who I was wanting on draft night. Right about that. But if you remember Jalen, when we were leading up to that through the whole offseason, Pickett was the guy I had number one who I originally wanted. But then once they signed Mitch, I was like, okay, well, then that doesn't really, like, make sense to sign Pickett because, like, he's so – like, he's a four-year starter. Like, he's, he needs to just be out there week one. 
So like maybe they want to just have Mitch for a year and swing big with Malik Willis, which is why I thought that. That's why I was surprised that they picked Pickett. And they also threw me off with the smoke screens that they all just made everyone think they were going to pick Malik Willis. They were fawning all over him, spending all that time talking to him. And then they were like, nah, that's not even who we want. Awful, though. What an awful organization <laughs> to do that to a person. I know, right? Especially seeing the results now. But yeah, we, we were head over. Some of us were head over heels for him, man. So upside. Although Jalen, I do think you and I both. I was gonna give us some credit. I do think we both said Ritter was better. Yes, but we had Ritter. Ritter as like we, me and you, liked Ritter a lot more than most people. We're clearly. I've always bandwagon. I've already forgotten about Ritter. Like <laughs> forgotten about him. Say, say what you will about him. He's definitely better than Malik. It's crazy. They're, everyone's already saying whatever quarterbacks going into the NFC South. Ritter's going to be the second best quarterback in the division. That's that's how much people have already forgotten about him. That's how much people forgot he about might, him. Well, whoever comes here, you're better. You go ahead. You got the chance to win. He it. might be the worst one at the end of all of this. Like let's say Derek and Jimmy both signed to NFC South. That's already down. <laughs> yeah, that's but he could also be the best. Who knows? Maybe he'll pop off. You never know. You're two in a quarter. You're two yeah. in the system. I do like Arthur Smith. Like I said, he played. All right, we're getting two in the weeds on Ritter here. He's got his stories right now for a little reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're three. That's why we got three, folks. Don't worry. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, I'll go. I'll go ahead and go again. Number two for me. Before I get sidetracked and completely forget about it, it has to be the old farts, aka the goats, just uh, running out of gas in the engine this year. You know, the Brady, he he struggled. He fought and clawed his way into the NFC South championship with a losing record and got into the playoffs, lost to the Cowboys for the first time, and uh, he retired. And now we're sitting here. We were just discussing about Aaron Rodgers, who lost to the Lions at home on a must-win pl- to get to get in playoff game to the Lions. Tell me the last time that's happened, folks. So... Uh, I'm just saying, you know, gas tanks running out for the for the goats. That's a good one. I was thinking about having that as one of mine. Uh, I'll be quick with this one because I drew out the Ritter thing. So I'll just say uh, the arrival of Trevor Lawrence. He is who we thought he was. There were some times during the Urban Meyer days and even some time, a few games even early this year where you're like, eh, and turns out he's just excellent. And he is another top tier quarterback in the AFC. Um, with mine, I would say the rifle of Jalen Hurts. So, like, you could put Jalen Hurts in the top five easily right now. Like, the dude is a dog. Like, he played his balls off in that Super Bowl. He might have had the greatest Super Bowl loss in Super Bowl history. Like, the dude was clear-cut except for that one fumble mistake. All praise to Jalen Hurts. He's here. Um, put some respect on his name. Good one. Jalen? All right. Uh, I was going to offer this one, Colby, if you wanted to take a crack at the first shot before okay. anyone steals it. Don't give it to me. I mean, I'll take it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go into a uh, – sadly, on this one, I'm going to go into a more negative light. And I'll say I feel like this is something that wasn't – I mean, it's talked about early, but not as much later in the year. But uh, the Rams going from Super Bowl champions to just bottom-feeding doormat. Like they were literally won the Super Bowl, and then this year they were terrible. They're obviously no one's repeated in almost 20 years. It's so hard, but usually the 
defending champs are at least viable the next year. That this is they're the worst one we've seen in any of our lifetimes. So I'll say the Rams horrible Super Bowl defense. Christian? I would say <laughs> Cincinnati will Cincinnati. <laughs> they will never win the Super Bowl no matter how much the media can drive it all up. No matter how much they'll say Burrowhead, no matter how much they'll say, oh, bro, Jamar, Joe, Cincinnati cannot finish the job. Plain, cup and simple, the simple theme of year after year. Uh, I'm kind of surprised because I was actually going to do something Cincinnati related as well. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go ahead. Mine wasn't as brutal. Not going to lie. So I'm glad that he said it. Uh I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, folks. Everyone's saying Tyreek Hill, leaving the Chiefs, and we were all sitting down. Mahomes, he comes through, not only wins MVP, has an MVP season, but breaks the Super Bowl curse of the MVP that we were concerned of, that we were concerned of. We did highlight that concern last week. So we we did highlight it, but we were like, hey, we didn't care. We trust this man. He's going to break the curse. And guess what? He did it. And I think think Mahomes having an MVP season after losing a star wide receiver, especially is one of the things that we have to highlight this season because they did eventually even win a Super Bowl after losing such star talent. I mean, they were they were in a rebuilding phase. Um, <laughs> the whole thing like, dominated all year. <laughs> I'm sorry, what the like? Who who are these people that the Chiefs are talking about that said count them out? I want to talk. I want. You know, I was one of said people that were like, you know, Mahomes could have an off season like he did a couple seasons ago. I think that was as far as I went. I didn't go as far as they're rebuilding. I Maybe just, re- yeah, I agree with that. I also just thought the rest of their division would be a lot tougher for them than it ended up being. They just continue to dominate everyone. And I mean, <laughs> Patrick might have added too much quarter lights up on the parade for saying that. When I heard that, I was like, Excuse me? You said the Chiefs were rebuilding. That's funny. And you know what was probably another another huge piece to their success this season? We did not hear that much of Jackson Mahomes or Brittany mm-hmm. Mahomes. They were oddly quiet this season. <laughs> they were and they started uh-huh. talking right around that championship game. They started talking. And then guess who it was against though? It was against the people that started calling it Burrowhead. Yeah. So they and that was the, that was a good time to start talking, in my opinion. So, shout out Patrick's PR team. They yes. they were like, you need to shut this off. You can start <laughs> talking around championship Super Bowl time as you should. Anything else? Shut up. That's funny. Until then, let's get the season on. All right, those were our three storylines, folks. But it's time. We are about to hit the All Star break. Christian's going to hear it. One last time of an NBA power rankings. Colby, how is this tier list looking? Yes, Jalen. So here we go. It is the tiers. It is a very special edition of the tiers. This is the last day before the All-Star break. The All-Star weekend kicks off tomorrow. And these tiers, I'll just let you know, it's going to be a good ride because there have been some changes. I'll just say that. There have been some tweaks. And I've also decided a new my new rule for the tiers going forward, which was kind of in effect the last couple times anyway, but 
I'm no longer going to do any two teams at the top. The top spot on the tiers will always only be one team. Whoever oh. I think is true favorite. Some, yeah, I'm going to say from here on out, there can only be one at the very top. It's a new rule. The Celtics have been there the last like three times or two times anyway by themselves, but still. All right, here we go. Let me get you set up here. So, yes, all-star break, trade deadline, all sorts of major moves. Um, we talked about KD. We talked about Kyrie. Here we go. And then the Lakers obviously made their moves. There were a lot of interesting trades, some weird ones, and they have affected the tiers, as you can imagine. Gentlemen, are you ready? Oh, yeah. Sorry, right. I was drinking water. <laughs> Good. So here we go, the bottom tier, the uh, Webb and Yama tier. Now it's a race. It's the post-All-Star break. Who can tank the hardest? Come on, boys. We got to get those lottery odds up. And, you know, it's these same four that have been down here all year. The by a mile, the basement, the doormats of the NBA, the Pistons, Rockets, Hornets, and the Spurs. And credit to them. This is what they all should be doing because they have a chance. They will have the highest odds to get, obviously, a generational prospect in Webb and Yama. These teams are all horrible they're all full tanking and let's see what happens who can who's going to tank the hardest down the stretch here it's a race to the bottom any any comments we good to keep no, going that's the sorry that's no. the bottom that's why i was silent sorry yeah it's the bottom tier it doesn't really deserve much attention I was like, no. it was like it'll take a lot to screw up the bottom <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so this is a smaller tier this one is called a lotto bounce away Dot, dot, dot. I almost put both these teams in the Web and Yama tier, but I realistically couldn't do it because they are both far better than those four teams. It's the Magic and the Pacers. The Pacers are almost 10 games above all those teams. They've been in the playoff mix all year, but they're really struggling now. They've lost. They've only won two of their last 10. Um, they're still alive for the play-in, but it looks like they're fading. They're too young. They were ahead of schedule anyway. And the Magic, I've been bumping them out of the bottom and second bottom tier all year, but they are a lot better and farther along and they're rebuilding these other teams. You know how much I love Paulo. Um, and the reason it's called a lotto bounce away is because these are the teams, if Webb and Yama, if these teams, they're not going to be have the worst, the highest odds like those four below them. But if either of these teams gets lucky in the lottery and gets Webb and Yama, they will be immediately in the playoffs next year and have the potential to like have a championship core in the next couple of years because they already have, in my opinion, better pieces than all those teams below them. What about the Rockets and Pistons, man? I don't know. I think the Magic are pretty similar to the Rockets and Pistons. They're much, I can tell you that they're not. They're much better. They are almost ten games better. I think. It, I think you're only saying that just because Kate Cunningham hasn't played a lot of good minutes. Yeah. No. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I did have at the beginning of the very first year that I had the Pistons and Magic on the same level because I do love Kate, but he, he's been out all year, so like they're, they're bottoming out. Does um does Jabari Smith does he still exist or, or yeah he's a dog okay I, I <laughs> the Rockets are just like, I haven't heard his name in a while and just completely randomly popped in my head I'm like huh there is that Jabari guy I forgot about him well, thank you for proving my point because there's also Jalen on that team as well yeah, that yeah, oh there is there is Jalen on that team too I like they're just like they're there like are they doing it the Magic and Pacers. No, I mean, y'all make a fair point, but the Rockets are much worse. Like, the Magic and Pacers have better cores. They have, like, multiple players that I like. And no disrespect to Jalen and Jabari, but I like Paolo and obviously Halliburton better than both of them um, as, like, the guy to build around. 
And the Magic also have Franz Wagner. So, like, let's not forget about that either. He is nasty. They're like, both these teams, they have multiple, like, good young players I really like. Potentially exciting future, especially if they came with Vinyama. All right. I guess we can keep it going. I guess uh, it's just the bottom feeders. Not too much energy to be put on there. All right. So, next year, I mean, these, these guys, uh, as you can imagine, have been uh, – these have been grouped in similar tiers to this all year. And it's just seriously, guys, what are we doing? None of these teams made big moves at the trade deadline. The bulls didn't make a single trade. The wizards will clearly remain content to keep treading water as the ninth and 10th, eighth spot in the East. That's what they love. Addicted to fighting for the play in tournament. The bulls, I don't know why they didn't do anything. It's they're losing to the bucks without Giannis right now. Um, and Toronto, they traded for Jakob portal, even though I thought they could have, gotten a haul for some of their core pieces one of these three at least probably two actually two of these three will be in the play-in and will probably lose in the play-in or have no shot of getting anywhere in the first round these teams should have been trying to get in on the web and yama race i don't understand what any of these three front offices are doing no no nothing yet nothing nothing (laughs) i was like i was Seeing the stuff that Toronto was supposed to make some moves during the trade deadline and did absolutely nothing. People were saying they could have got like two or three firsts for OG and Anobi. Like, if that's true, they should have done that. <laughs> and they had Fred Van Vliet that could have that they could have shopped. So. Yeah, they gotten a good bit for Van Vliet. If they traded Siakam, they could have gotten a haul. But yeah. So, yeah, I'm with y'all. I'm glad y'all are with me on that. Okay, you ready for the next one? I think you just hate on the Wizards just because they hold Beal. Rightfully. They've earned that. In your eyes, I think they hold Beal hostage. I mean, he's not, like, amazing. I don't think Beal is, like, a top-tier superstar. But, like, it's not even just because of Beal. It's just because even pre-Beal. It's just, like, their decade of mediocrity. It's frustrating. (laughs) I feel bad for Wizards fan. Christian's a former. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it caused me to literally leave the goddamn fandom. <laughs> like, it, I've I've never like ever felt that like of just leaving a fandom because your organization literally does nothing. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm right the Rockies. I am right there. I'm so close. I'm I'm like right there with the Rockies. Like I'm about this close. I'm just being like. All right, what what I'm gonna go right back to the Orioles or something, which in hindsight ain't the biggest upgrade. Come on, join join the team. Join us. We're taking we're taking applications. Come on, come on up. <laughs> yeah, I, I I at least been to that ballpark, so that's the main reason. But all right, Cole, what's the next tier? All right, next tier. We're starting to get into some better teams slightly here. King Breakers. And then also the Hawks. So I can be honest, I just have not had any idea really a good place for the Hawks because I do think they're better than those three teams below them, but they're only, they're up a little bit on them in the standings. They're like a game under 500. They're in the eighth seed. They'll get in the first round and lose first round. But they do have Trey Young and Murray. So like because of Trey Young, I don't know, it's a little bit weirder. I have a little more reasons for that they could turn it around more quickly than these other three teams below them. Um, but you know, they're kind of what they are. The reason it's called King Breakers is because these other three teams are the NBA, the good people of the NBA, Jalen and I, not the big market snobs. It's our they're the hope and dreams to keep King James and the Lakers out of the play-in tournament, not the playoffs out of the play-in. So the Thunder Jazz and Blazers are currently all above them in the standings. Um, they're all like just barely below five hundred. The Blazers just beat them head to head the other night. Um, out of these three teams, OKC is in by far the best spot. I thought they were going to be tanking this year. They have so many good young players. 
and they're going to get Chet back next year. They still have all these picks. Like the Thunder are sitting real pretty right now, and they have, are excellent. SGA is a top 15 player in the league now, borderline maybe top 10 by next year. He's incredible. Um, Jazz are rebuilding. Portland, I, I Portland, they got Thibault, which I like. I know we talked about that, Jalen. Um, they're scrappy. So I don't know how far any of these teams are going. Um, and the Jazz did sell off some of their pieces, but they're in the Kingbreakers tier. What would you say, Christian? Yeah, they're going to draft Bronny with all those picks. So, but... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's you get LeBron if you get Bronny. Dude, the Thunder are going to be in the playoffs by like next year at the rate they're going. I mean, we got to see. That's next year, Cole. I want to hear what's going on right now. And right now, you said these guys can be a challenge to the Lakers. Well, they they have been, they have a good. I'm pretty sure they have a good record against the Lakers this regular season. Slash, they at least beat LeBron on his uh, record breaking night. True. If anyone doesn't remember, so I, I'm with that, Cole. <laughs> However, the Blazers did make some moves, and they have not panned out too too much yet. I think they are like one and two or something like that since they made the moves. Yeah. And the Jazz, I think they're trying to find their hardest and their best ways possible to fall apart. <laughs> I think I think they should be the Jazz should be pretty much a lot of ball away. I know you want them to contend more. I don't know if they actually will, because you gotta remember it's Danny Ainge trying to get Webby as well. So that is a good point. That's just me. I like that take actually. Make a very convincing argument. But uh I want to see what you got next because I think I'm going to have to argue for the Thunder to go up. I'm cool with the Hawks and the Blazers being right here, though. Because, uh, yeah, Hawks, are, Hawks, honestly, I would almost throw into the what the hell's going on here situation. They, they may deserve to be there, to be fair. <laughs> I may be being generous having them in a tier, basically, that I just couldn't fit them anywhere else. Okay. They have some respect. No, they have respect. That's why. I'd they're not a king, though. Hawks. They're just there. Yeah. That's why they're <laughs> in Hawks. Oklahoma's the only major sports team in Oklahoma City, right? Am I missing yeah. anyone? Yeah, they have no other pro teams now. Yeah, okay. So they'll uh, just be able to team. What? Yeah, you know, the college softball team. He okay, said so pro teams, though. So that'll be a one gone for me in the future. I do agree with you on Jalen. Uh, <laughs> the Thunder are definitely the best out of those three, I think. Like, the Thunder... They they got some they got some dudes, um yes okay so now we are here into the better teams almost mostly scariest eight seed ever all right this is another small tier but both these teams as the Nuggets fan currently holding the one seed I don't want either of these teams to be the eight the Pelicans have just fallen off a cliff without Zion they can still win here and there but the Lakers smoked them the other night but if they do get Zion back and they're in that play in mix playoff mix get the eight seed seven seed. They could be very dangerous if Zion's healthy. Who knows, though, because, you know, it rears its ugly head. You hate to see it. They were so good when he was out there at the beginning of the year. And then the Lakers, I mean, Jay, like, I loved their trade deadline move. I thought that made them so much better. They have more shooting, more defending. Russell fits much better with LeBron and AD than Westbrook ever did. I did not get that deal for the T-Wolves, really. Um, so the Lakers are much better, much more dangerous. Even though they're below all those three teams in the standings, they're obviously far more dangerous because of LeBron and AD. We'll see what happens. We'll see how AD holds up down the stretch here. But if either of these teams are the eight seed, that is that is much better than your usual eight seed potentially. Yeah, well, I guess 
guess I can't really argue for the Thunder. I don't see them being as scary as an eight seed as these two guys. So I think you got the Thunder placed properly after seeing that. Even though I do want to say I think the Thunder can beat beat the Lakers in a play-in game, but that yeah, that's true. But yeah, now I the Nuggets were playing the Thunder first round. Like I'm not stressed at all. No disrespect. Exactly. That's what went through my head. If it was, I wouldn't be stressed if I played the Thunder as well. If I was the Nuggets. Christian, any complaints on either of those? Um, no, the Lakers, I think, are in a good spot right now to just see what they can feel out with Mobamba now there, D'Lo. It'll be experimental phase here, I would say, for the next two weeks. Um, but they're, they're like at a good like mid-level until further notice. I like that. Pretty okay. mid. <laughs> Almost to the top now. These teams are now, from here on out, it's at least good teams. Scrappy as hell. These teams are all good. They're above playing quality. They'll all be in the dance. And they'll probably all lose first round almost definitely. But still, they're good basketball teams. It's the Knicks, Jalen's beloved Timberwolves, who have clawed their way up to the sixth seed. Props for, props to that out of the play-in. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, once higher on the tiers now that they've blown up. They're still winning some games. They just beat Miami last night. Mikhail Bridgers dropped 45. So, like, I still think the Nets, because they got had such a head start – and, like, they do have enough scrappy rotation guys, like solid players, I think they're going to hold on to a playoff spot still. Um, they're obviously no threat to go anywhere, but because they had that head start, I do still think they'll be safely in the playoffs. And Miami, you know how I've felt about them. They, they're they solid. They have Jimmy Butler. Bam is awesome. The rest of the team, heroes a score, but it's just they just don't have enough to really do too much in a playoff series, but they're better than the playing teams. They'll be safely in the offs. I actually think the Knicks are the best team out of this bunch. Randall is obviously revived. He's an all-star. Brunson could have been an all-star. He's playing awesome. Um, they've got some nice depth. So, like, I actually do really like the Knicks. I think they're going to claw their way up to the five seed. Um, so, I think they're the best of those teams. But, yeah. Thoughts? You're making it really hard to make the Wolves go higher when you put them in a good category with uh... – the Heat and Knicks, and you just title it Scrappy uh, scrappy as hell, because uh, that is a very, very good good way to put all three of these, all four of these guys into that category. So, at the moment, no no complaints. I think, uh, I think the T-Wolves, honestly, could be a step higher if they got rid of Cap. Well, he hasn't even been out there. He's coming back. Is he me back after the All-Star break? When is he coming back? 15 games after the All-Star break. So almost the playoffs, dang. <laughs> oh, yeah, so T-Wolves so T- could be, you know, going up there with Cat continuing mean, to be out. Ant-Man is awesome, so, like, he's so good. At least you got him. <laughs> hey, that's the plan. That's the plan. As long as he's there, we should be okay. Also, yeah. also, can we put some respect on Mikhail Bridges real quick of dropping a 45? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Oh, this is a, this is now a Nets podcast. We do respect the Nets. Yeah, you know, we, we do respect, respect the Nets. Because <laughs> uh, we like Thomas as well. He's hilarious. Thomas is a bucket kidder, Yeah. Oh, all right. I like it. All right. Are we ready now? All right. From here on out, it's it's a good, legitimately good teams. All right. Defense matters. That's the name of the next category. These two teams have championship elite caliber offenses when they're all clicking. And one's definitely more dangerous than the other, but it's the Mavs and Warriors. Um, Kyrie and Luka can both obviously cook and get buckets and do amazing things. And Luka's so good. I still think he's the second or third best player in the league without a doubt. 
Um, but he's not a good defender, and Kyrie's a terrible defender. Um, and the rest of this roster, Christian Wood, he can score, but he's not, he's a bad defender. So, like the Mavs, in addition to just not having enough pieces, really, like their defense is not good enough for them to be a serious title threat, I think, even though they'll be in the playoffs. Golden State has been horrible on defense all year long. They're currently ninth in the West, but I have to put them up this high out of just respect. They are going to get Steph back like right before the playoffs. We'll see how they do out of the All Star break. But, man, their defense has been awful, and they're not good on the road. They have real problems. So I, I couldn't put them any higher than this. I thought this was a good way to group these two. They're growing pains. Both these teams got a lot of growing pains. So I, I'm cool with them being grouped together. And I'm only shaking my head because I'm, it's really hard to draw up an argument for the four teams that we just talked about to be put a little bit higher to, with these guys. Just because I think this is where we just talked about. Just because we talk about just talent, I feel like the sheer talent that these two rosters have, they just have that one that one edge above these those other four. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We literally do not play defense. Like you, if, <laughs> it's like pick up basketball at points. It's just like oh, he's running by. Cool, sick. Uh, we'll just score. Um, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> we just score more than them type of mentality. We'll know we'll give up points, but eh. So yeah, completely agree with that. All right, now we're to the best in the best teams in the league, the top tiers. Super fun, but still not ready. These teams are all very good, and they are all going to be safely in the playoffs, and they should all win around. Sacramento, we'll see, but it's the Kings, Cavs, and Grizzlies. They're all excellent. They have great young cores, great all-star caliber pieces. I love all these teams. Memphis, they talk too much. Obviously, we've talked about that. This is the lowest they've been probably all year. Because I do yeah. have about what I've seen from them lately. So I dropped them down. They, they, I just don't think they're ready to hang with the big dogs come the end of the stretch. Like you said, they talk too much. Sacramento has no playoff experience, as fun and awesome as they are. I still think they could win a round, depending who they get matched up with. Um, but they're not going to make a super deep playoff run, probably. The Cavs, the top of the East, is a gauntlet. I think they'll coast probably through a first-round series against any of these teams. They have so much upside and are definitely going to be a tough out for the top teams. But they're just not there yet. They're still too young, I think. You know, yeah, go ahead, Christian. You got it, you got it. Yeah, I'm so glad to see the Grizzlies take a step down. Very happy to see that. So that's all I got to say. I'm with you, Christian. And, you know, Cole, maybe they should be another step down because they need Steven Adams. Defense matters for those little guys. They They need a big man presence to help them get them in line. They might need to take another step down. I don't think it's fair to have the Kings and the Cavs, two of our great fun teams that we've been talking about all season long, be be thrown and tarnished by the evil Grizzlies that have been to pretty much trying to turn evil themselves Grizzlies. into the best. I say they're evil. <laughs> They've been trying to put themselves into the villains of the league. That's true. Notice how I said trying, because they really do think that they are uh, they're the villains, but no one really no one really res- I think it's just the lack of respect at this moment. Yeah, that is accurate. All right. That's fair. All right, you boys ready? We're gonna finish it yeah. up. Only I think three more. Five. Yes, three more. All right, Dark Horse Champs. These teams I think have an outside shot to actually win it all. It's the Sixers and the Clippers. I can never fully trust the Sixers because, you know, history. Uh, of recent years and Harden we'll see but Embiid is unbelievable he's so good and Harden has been having a really nice year Maxi's good Harris like they have a solid deep roster 
Um, like I, I like their pieces. I think they can be, they're playing really well. I just can't fully trust them also with the Doc Rivers of all in the playoffs, but I think they have a more legitimate chance to actually make a run in the East than Cleveland. Um, and realistically Sacramento or probably Memphis in the West and the Clippers, they're fifth in the West, but something's happened folks. The cyborg is the boogeyman. He's kind of back. He's played like the last 20 games now. He's getting buckets. He's back to strapping. It's been a long time coming, and I'm still a little cautious about the injuries. But he's been playing a whole lot better, looking like the Kawhi Leonard of old. If that trend continues, you don't want to see him in the playoffs with him and Paul George and their assortment of wings and forwards. Um, They're not the top contenders, but they're also a dark horse because of the return of Kawhi. All right, all right, Cole. I got a question for actually you, Christian, real quick as well. And this goes for both of you. $100 on your account. Here's the current odds for the 76ers and Clippers to win the finals. The Clippers are plus 1,200, and the 76ers are plus 1,400. Which one would you be willing to put $100 down more? To win or to make it? To win. I'm taking Clippers. Yeah, I agree. Clippers. All right. All right. There you go. Uh, that was my <laughs> question. I was, I was leaning more Clippers as well because the East is a gauntlet. And I, I, I personally, if I were to put my money on Embiid in the Sixers' uh, recent success, I, I'd probably be crazy. So Yeah. And that, that leads into what I was going to bring up. If you would have told me $100 to make it, I would put that hundred dollars on the seventy sixers. Why? Oh, um, let's let's just flash a little back. Philadelphia Union. They are <laughs> leading in the extra time, uh, three two. Give up a header to Gareth Bale, and Gareth Bale ties the game, and then they go to penalty shootouts. Philadelphia Union was the number one MLS team. They lost in the finals. Flash forward a couple weeks later. The Phillies are in the World Series. They lost. And then just flashback a couple days ago, the Philadelphia Eagles make the Super Bowl. They lost. Title Town, Philadelphia, are 0-3 in the past calendar year in their sports teams. I, I don't – I mean, track if I'm wrong or not, but I've never seen uh, this ever happen to a city where they get their teams to the finals and they just cannot win. So based on that logic, the 76ers will make the finals and lose. If they make the finals, you best believe they are losing that finals. (laughs) And the Philadelphia will go 0-4 in titles in the county. That's brutal. Uh, I I would say another city that have as probably worse luck would have to be my Minnesota Vikings. In the Minnesota crowd. No luck in the minute. You get no luck in basketball. You already know the Vikings aren't going to win the Super Bowl ever any year. They're just cursed. Um, and you can't win and, baseball if you're not one of the Vikings. Like baseball. I, I don't know. I don't think it's <laughs> wild. I don't think the Twins and Wild. I think the Wild are turning heads right now, but I don't think the Twins are. So, yeah. All right. That's basketball, though. Yes. All uh, right. I'm finishing it up here. I got to speed through it here. This is the top of the tiers. There's four teams left. If you had to bet, if I had to put a gun in my head, if I had to bet, 
I would guess that these are the final four teams playing come the conference finals. And there's two tiers, by the way. Trophy hunting. These three teams all have a legitimate shot to win the title. And if you'll notice, the team that has sat atop these rankings for the past several tiers is now in the second tier at the top. And it's the Celtics right up there with the Nuggets and Suns. Suns were on in the ER last time we did this. They have KD now, so that changes things. Um, Suns and Nuggets, I think, are the two favorites in the West. Nuggets have been dominating. Uh, Jokic favorite for MVP, as you said right now, Jalen, for a third straight time. Boston is here due to no fault of their own. Um, they're still awesome dynamite team. I still think they're better than Denver and Phoenix. Um, they're a juggernaut, but there's a reason there's, I said, I'm only putting one team at the top and uh, you, you can guess why, who it is, obviously. Uh, is it another picture of the Minnesota Timberwolves? It's not. Oh. Do you have any um, problems with this tier before we see the uh, top? If we get a Celtics Suns finals, I might kick myself in the nuts about fifty times. <laughs> yeah, so worst case scenario. That would be brutal to watch. Um, honestly, and I hate to say it, I want to see your reasoning why you done, you had to remove the C's. So go ahead and reveal reveal that number one team in the in those guys in that monster. Well, as I said, the Celtics are here from no fault of their own. But Mount Olympus, because the Greek god and his Milwaukee Bucks have won. He left tonight's game with a wrist sprain, so we'll keep an eye on that. But it's a sprained wrist. He'll probably only be out briefly. They have won 12 in a row headed into the All-Star break. They still don't even have a Middleton. They're going to get him back down the stretch. He's been banged up all year. Giannis is the best player in the planet. I don't th- And I love Jokic. I'm obviously the biggest Jokic guy. Luka's great. But Giannis, I don't think there's a question He's the unquestioned best player in the league. I don't think there's really a legitimate case for anyone else. He's so dominant on both ends of the floor. And tonight, he left the game in the second quarter, and they still cooked the Bulls with Holiday and Lopez. Holiday's awesome. Like, they have championship pedigree, and they have by far the best player on the planet. If they have everyone health, if they're healthy in a playoff series, I like them over Boston because of Giannis. He's the freak, man. And that that's the only reason I wanted to hear the reason, you know? And – it's crazy. And then, ah, I got nothing to say. Those are, those are good standing. Those are some good tears, Cole. I got nothing to say. Christian? It's honestly crazy to look back. I think it's 10 years ago that Giannis was in the slam dunk contest, and no one had any clue who this guy was. He was like a scrawny little dude. He's he's still tall, but he was like very skinny. And I was like, who is this dude? Like, what is he doing in the slam dunk contest? And look at him now. <laughs> it's it's nuts. He's he's a generational talent. Like you, you literally, he's a great guy. It's it's truly amazing watching him play. Yeah, that really is. Oh, but that's the tears, gentlemen. We we this was a long one. So, uh, Jalen, you want to take us home? Yeah. Well, boys, Christian mostly as well. The NFL season's officially wrapped up here on the show, and we're going to go into all our off-season shenanigans. But always have a spot for you, Christian. So go ahead. You can kick us off with uh, one last going of final thoughts. It's been a beautiful run, boys. This NFL season has been a delight to hop on here every Thursday. Uh, But don't be fear. I will be back on anytime any big news comes out, NFL, or every once in a while for NBA as I ramp my process back up. But I need a little break, (laughs) fatigue out from all the sports. But I will be back analyzing everything, bringing out some stupid takes like usual. 
we'll be back. But yeah, it's officially basketball, hockey, March Madness season, and opening day is uh, a month in. I think actually is exactly a month now. Um, so is it? Yeah. Is it late March? It's late March, I believe. Oh damn! Oh jeez, that's that's gonna be crazy. Oh man, well. Hell of a season, man. Thanks for coming on and joining us. Uh, you know, it's been a hell of a ride. You've spiced up the dues list every week for us. What can, what else can we say and what else can we ask for? So thanks yeah. for being an awesome reoccurrence on this show and making Thursdays a staple. Oh, yeah, man. The Thursdays have been great. We'll miss you. We'll have you back anytime you want. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, yeah. boys. All right, Cole, what are your final thoughts? I'll just go real quick here, go back to the NFL, and I'll, I'll do a moving forward one. We've touched on it a bit when we talked about Derek Carr. I'm really just excited to see this gross mess that is the NFC South. Everyone going all in for it. Who's going to come out on top? It is up for grabs, baby. It is going to be sloppy. It ain't going to be pretty. Let's see. Post-Brady, quarterback mess. I'm here for it. What are these teams going to do? I'm, I'm intrigued by the South. Well, as we're wrapping up the NFL season, it is obviously I have to talk about something interesting that I caught at the end of the season. And for me, the end of the season, eye catcher has probably been the most basic one of everyone else's. It's going to be the Lions. Obviously, we're going to have to keep an eye on those those filthy, filthy Lions leading into the offseason and see what they can do and whose kneecaps are they trying to steal. And as always, guys, it has been some good stuff. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And besides that, have a good one, y'all.